welcome to The Art of Being a Mum, the podcast where we hear from mothers who are artists and creators, sharing their joys and issues around trying to be a mother and continue to make art. Regular topics include mum guilt, identity, the day-to-day juggle, mental health and how children manifest in their art. My name's Alison Newman. I'm a singer, songwriter and a mother of two boys from regional South Australia. I have a passion for mental wellness and a background in early childhood education. You can find links to my guests and topics they discuss in the show notes, along with the music played and a link to follow the podcast on Instagram. All music used on the podcast is done so with permission. The Art of Being a Mum acknowledges the Bowen Dick people as the traditional custodians of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on and pays respects to the relationship the traditional owners have with the land and water, as well as acknowledging elders past, present and emerging. Thanks for your company today. My guest today is Rebecca Smith. Rebecca is a brand ambassador and content creator from the central coast of New South Wales and a mum of two boys. Rebecca has a background as a copywriter, writing for magazines such as Mindful Parenting, and has worked as a freelance model. She started her personal blog, That Achilles Girl, on Instagram, which has since morphed into a boutique content creation service for small businesses, most of them being in the fashion industry. Today we chat about how becoming a mother led to her current work role, the need for mums to be honest and ask for help and support when they need it and why she's an advocate for sharing your mental health struggles and reaching out for support. This episode contains discussions around postnatal depression and anxiety. So today I'd love to welcome Rebecca Smith to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on, Rebecca. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. So I've been following you on Instagram. That's where I first came across you on Instagram at that Achilles girl is the name of your yes. your um, site. So is there a bit of a story how you came up with that Achilles girl? Is that like, is there a story? I love that, that you're saying it properly. That's so music <laughs> to my ears. Um, yeah, so Achilles is my maiden name. So I started doing all the work that I've been doing years before I got married, obviously. And um, I just kept that Achilles girl as my Instagram name. Uh, for two reasons one was I just wanted to continue I didn't want to lose all the work that I'd done so I I figured if I changed my name to that Smith girl who's that I had to start all over again with all the stuff that I'd written online for publications like I'd have no Google anymore like um, you know history Um, and also I did go to check because I felt guilty about not when I got married I did become Smith I took my husband's um, last name, but I, then I felt guilty not using it on social media, all that crap. And some of our friends would say, are you Smith or Achilles? Mm-hmm. Um, so I did go and check, is that Smith girl available? And it was not. So Lovely. even if I wanted to change it, I couldn't have. So I just kept going with that Achilles girl. Yeah. yeah. Which is just my family name. Yeah. And it's a memorable name too, like that Achilles girl. Like you it sort of, you know, it sticks in people's minds too. It's a good well yeah yeah I hope so I I don't know it's more it just feels like it's me whereas that Smith girl is a new Smith is a new identity for me um it doesn't feel like me so yeah that's where the name came from anyway yeah for sure so um on your Instagram um you you sort of 
uh, brand yourself as a content creator, a brand ambassador. You haven't been doing that forever. What did you sort of start off with? Yeah, so I started off with creative writing and copywriting. So copywriting is like a form of advertising and marketing. You know, copywriters, they, they write things. Not everyone knows. It's not anything to do with legal stuff. Um, like copyright law it's actually a form of writing that encourages someone to buy a product or book in your service so it's salesy you mm-hmm. know what I mean that's so like the um, ads, so, ads that you might hear on the yes, radio or tv yes yeah I did a lot of website copy so I um, started my own business as a copywriter while I was working as a PA for a, like a criminal lawyer um, so I did both jobs for a long time and I loved copywriting and then basically to summarize what happened, I got pregnant and was, I had really severe fatigue. Um, so I couldn't really just do anything. I couldn't make my brain work. I just decided to just throw in the towel and relax and enjoy being pregnant. So I stopped everything for a couple of years. And then it wasn't till I came back um, after giving birth and becoming a mother that I tried copywriting again. It still didn't really, my brain was just not there. I couldn't get myself to write like I used to and that's when I went into content creation yeah right so like social media yeah yeah it's interesting you talk about that sort of brain fog that's a big thing isn't it when you're pregnant it's like the baby's just suck out part of your yeah your your cognitive thinking not only not only when I was pregnant but then after I gave birth it still lingered with me and it only lifted like when we started sleeping properly again and the boys our boys didn't really start sleeping properly until they were two and a half yeah right um so now I feel like I'm getting my brain back a little bit but it's crazy how much sleep deprivation affects everything yeah it's it's interesting like I remember when I had had my first and someone made a joke that remember sleep deprivation is a form of torture like it's like it fully is is. that's where all my problems started honestly the sleep deprivation (laughs) it was just a a decline from there on once once I realized we weren't sleep like gonna get any more sleep so you have twin boys yes must be a full-on job (laughs) they're they're very full-on so they're turning three next month they they arrived like a couple days before Christmas so they're almost three um in a lot of ways it's easier now that they are toddlers and they're speaking a little bit um they can get snacks for themselves you know I found the newborn stage really hard um so I'm really loving the toddler stage actually but they still yeah they're just really high energy Mm. really high energy I want your attention all the time so it's I find it very difficult to sort of try to get any work done if I'm home alone with them I pretty much just have to give up on getting anything done which (laughs) I really struggled with for a long time yeah um so in a practical sense how do you manage your day-to-day trying to 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 achieve what you want to achieve with your work side of things yeah well I just make sure that I save my work for the middle of the day when I know they're going to have about a two-hour sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually work first thing in the morning at like 5.30, 6am for an hour while my husband's home and I'll have a coffee and I'll be in bed doing whatever, emails or something just for an hour and then I wait until midday and do some more um, two hour in the two-hour window. Uh, 
that's just pretty much how I do it. I've got two jobs. So one, I need to be out of the house and I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm not actually, it's not a freelance job. I work in a salon doing beauty services twice a week. So, you know, that's easy. Um, my kids are either at daycare or with my parents, so they're not there. But the other freelancing stuff like content creation with brands, it is pretty tricky to, there's so many things I want to do and I have to remind myself to, you know, go slow and also not ignore the kids, make sure that I'm spending quality time with them and stuff like that. Um, so for that, it's mostly when my husband's home or when they're napping, any little minute I get, I just sort of, yeah, I, I work actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's <probably> not great. <laughs> no, you do, you do what works. You do, you do what works. Um, you touched on briefly there um, sort of, I guess the the shift in identity from being able to do things how you wanted whenever you wanted and then you've got these two little children and how to sort of adjust your thinking I suppose of this new life that you had um yeah how how did you sort of approach that that change in identity um not very elegantly I found it really really difficult um and I think because we had the twins it was like even more of an adjustment like it's not just one baby that you need someone to help you look after it's two so you need two adults um I'm still I honestly to the to this day I still struggle with trying to work it out and this is my new life and I just have to like you know do both but I'm very adamant to make it work to do both like I as in I don't think that I would be um happy being a stay-at-home mom because I often think to myself like even last week when I get really anxious if I'm really busy and I go a lot on and I think look you can stop anytime no one's forcing you to do all this work um but then I think well I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom I like having projects I like yeah. I like you know having that side of my life so it's just a matter of taking the anxious days when they come and trying to be patient with myself and moving my work to another day if it's all just not working out. Um, it's, yeah, I still sort of, I still struggle with it today, basically. Mm-hmm. Look, you're not the only one. That's, that's a, a really common theme that comes up in these chats is that, um, yeah. and, and mums, I think it's so important to, to not forget that, mums are still an actual person we're not just a mum that exists just for children so yeah a lot of mums talk about having something that they need for themselves to keep themselves you know fill up your cup and make yourself feel really uh, fulfilled and and excited about doing something for yourself um and then that sort of helps you helps you then go on with the other part of your life um feeling you know feeling good about yourself I suppose um if that makes sense Well, see, yeah, see, my mum always told me um, she didn't make time for herself. She didn't insist that she wanted to return to work when me and my brother were toddlers. My dad and her had an arrangement that she would be a stay-at-home mum and just focus on us kids. And my mum said to me later when I was going through all this with my kids, um, I said, I just just can't, mum. Like, I feel bad that I can't be a stay-at-home mum, but I just can't. I want to do the things that I want to do. And she said, you know, I support you because I really wish I'd done that. And that was really, 
I think she probably doesn't even remember that she said it to me, but it was, it was yeah. I remembered it and it was really special um, that she did say that to me and it made me feel better. And I thought yeah. it's not weird that I, it's not weird that I want these things and I, you know, because I thought is, am I, does anyone else feel like this? Like <laughs> I just feel like I had yeah. no one to sort of bounce off because a lot of my friends were not having babies at the time. So I had to make new friends. Yeah. And then I learned it was normal. But, you know, in the beginning I was just like, oh, what is this? <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. No one sort of sets you up in, um, you know, you do your prenatal class and you learn all about baby stuff, but you never, no one actually says to you, this is what you're going to feel and this is normal and, you know. (laughs) Yeah, yes. You mentioned your mama. Do you have people close by? you know, to be able to help with the boys so that you can, you know, have some time to yourself? Yes, I do. Um, I literally have my entire family helping me and my husband and we're so lucky. I've got his parents that help every week, my parents, um, and then my husband also is, he's really good with the boys. He's super patient. He's like a swim teacher. So he he's around kids um all day every day you know what I mean so it was less of a shock for him than me I was never around children um so he's patient and he knows what to do when they tantrum and scream and he's just great and he always wants to help me you know he does things he would get up in the night and bottle feed one twin while I fed the other one you know when he still had to go to work the next day and stuff and didn't complain about it so everyone helps me I'm really lucky that's yeah that is so good yeah 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 Um, I have a couple of friends who are like from the UK and they just have no family here and no help and I just think whoa I don't know how they do it yeah honestly I'm the same as you I've got my family sort of yeah yeah you do and yeah oh yeah my mum she moved from Melbourne to Mount Gambier we're in this little town halfway between Adelaide and Melbourne she moved over here okay and had no one, knew nobody apart from my dad, and then had these oh had these God. two children. I was like, how the hell did you do that? Like, Yeah, I oh, know. I don't know. I think I take it for granted, I think, because they're here and they're, they're always able to help. But I think, my yeah. goodness, you know, I take my hat off to people that, that don't have help because that's, you know, yeah. It's, it's, it's important for the kids too, though. Like they, mm. it's nice for them to grow up with, you know, it helps you as the mum, but it, it's it's nice for them to have, you know, other people around as well that they know love them and are there for them. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a big, it's a big commitment to help with grandkids and things, I guess, for some people, but it's also a pleasure. So on both yeah. sides. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. interesting to see, to see your own parents um, in this completely different relationship with the child totally they don't, isn't it funny they yeah. don't treat like my dad especially it's like who is this man he's not he wouldn't have talked to me my yeah. sister like that like he's just this different yeah gentle the soft side yeah, side comes out yeah oh, but in saying really that my funny. dad always says he's never changed a nappy of me and my brother I don't think and then he will not change my sons either I think he would get a hose out if he had to do anything when my mum wasn't there. God love him. He's just hopeless with vomiting, poo, anything like that. Runny nose. (laughs) At least he knows his limitations and, you know, he's prepared to admit it. He's a good entertainer. 
switching back to the identity topic we were talking about, um, when you were pregnant, did you so, sort of have that in your mind, like you were thinking at all how life was going to change? Like, were you conscious of, I mean, I guess no one prepares you when it's different when the babies come out, but did you sort of start to think anything about, you know, what how your life would be? Or I totally pictured one thing and I we, did, we decided to, so I've been with my partner like 10 years um we got married when uh, we were six or seven years into dating or something and so it wasn't until we were married that I thought okay yeah I think we I think I'd like to have a baby um and then so I pictured one thing though and then when I found out it was twins it was like all the anxiety kicked in because I felt like well hang on what does that mean for me returning to work can I return I won't be able to return to work you know um and then you have all the stress about how's my how's my body going to change with two. It was, I felt great with one baby and I was happy with being pregnant. But then once I found out it was twins, it did really throw me and I had to really adjust to um, getting excited about it and not being too anxious. So I'm very lucky that I had twins and I, I think that now and I love their bond and I, I love being a twin mum. But I didn't, at, you know, I didn't initially. I really, I feel bad that I think that, but I, I really was upset and I was really anxious. So I had pretty bad anxiety when I was pregnant actually once yeah. I found out. Look, that's understandable. I'd be exactly the same. So we've got, um, we've got twins. Yeah. My, my husband's family's got twins. Um, his dad's okay. And then his brother had twins. So I was like, oh, thank oh. goodness. We did. <laughs> but, you know, yes, that's the same thing. Like, of course, in the end, I would have been, you know, delighted to have my children. But if, yeah. if you have that, that is that anxiety, like, oh, my gosh, like, and I guess you're thinking, how am I going to manage, you know, what's it going to be like, double the work. And, of course, I, body, how's your yeah. body going to, you know, manage having two babies? Like, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah it yeah it was really I had to get used to it but I remember when we were having the scan done at the eight week mark and she said that there's two heartbeats I like was trying really hard to not cry because I was so upset and my husband was like laughing and clapping his hands and he was so excited oh. and I was just thinking like oh. <laughs> What are you excited about? But at the same time, I thought maybe this is okay because he's excited. It would have been terrible if he was, you know, reacting like I was. So I'm I'm very glad looking back that he was very positive about it because I was freaking out. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. talking about body and, and babies you do um like modeling with the for your brand work that you do now is that right I, I do now yeah, yeah I do now but um that's a new thing I yeah, okay. I guess when I was a teen like 16 I did model and I was with an agency and I modeled for a few years mm-hmm. um but I left the industry because I was very sh- I had really bad shyness and I wasn't very confident my mum suggested I try modelling and sort of put, put me out there and I did work but I would just be so anxious and I did not like it. Yes. So I left and I've only sort of found that confidence now that I'm like nearly 30. 
Um, so I'm happy to do it, but I'm only doing it on my own terms. So I don't, I, you know, I work with a photographer who is my contact and I know him and we work together for brands and I pick what I do. Yeah. I don't do swimwear. I don't do lingerie. You know what I mean? I do things yeah. that I find fun and that aren't going to make me stressy or yeah. that are not too out of my comfort zone. Yeah, for sure. The, um, the concept of mum guilt is something that I love to talk to my guests about too, oh, yeah. this, this whole idea. <laughs> and, I, and it does tie in a fair bit with identity. Um, but, yeah, how, how do you feel about this, this mum guilt term and how it makes us feel, I suppose? <laughs> yes. I actually um, I wrote an article on this. I used to write for Mindful Parenting magazine, you know, um, Lovats, Lovats Media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and I wrote an article about having mum guilt but doing something anyway that I had the guilt about. And it was basically, um, you know, I, it, to answer your question, I do experience it all the time. Um, and this particular time our twins were teething and they were just waking every hour overnight and we had not slept for, I think, like two weeks straight and I was just like on the verge of, breakdown like I was you know what I mean you know when you're so tired it's just like I can't do anything anymore I need to just go Mm. I said to my husband like this is how I'm feeling he knew I had postnatal depression and anxiety at the time so he was very supportive with helping me Mm -hmm. um and I know that he would have been exhausted too and I I had to just say to him like I know that you're tired and I'm sorry to ask but I need to just go sleep somewhere else for just one night and I said, when I get back, you can go and do the same thing. But can I just go? And I need to go now. And he was just like, yep. And so, yeah, I wrote this article. It was it was funny, though. Like, I tried to make light heart, like, you know, light of it. And I ordered a pizza and I had a bath and put my feet up and ate pizza in the bath at this Airbnb that I stayed at, like, only 10 minutes away from our house. Um, and just sort of in trying to encourage other mums to ask for help if you are experiencing something like that Mm. and not feel guilty about it but everyone does Mm. so yeah it's it's a constant thing yeah that that's so true isn't it I think um that the thing you say about how you you feel it but you do it anyway I think that's really important because we are allowed to feel emotions we're allowed to feel we are allowed to feel guilt but yeah unless it's something you know really bad why should we let that stop us, yeah. you know, from doing something? If it's something like right. I feel bad about working and not being at home with my kids or I feel bad about going and having a night away because I'm so sleep deprived, it's like you've got to tell yourself, yes, but doing that, well, I knew at the time, I'm going to come back as a better mother to yeah. be able to focus on my kids if I can have a night off. Or for me, I'm like I'd be way happier, way, way better more present parent if I can have my two three days a week working mm-hmm. and you know focus on new kids the other days so you know yeah. things like that you just gotta have a little pep talk with yourself yeah that's it isn't it yeah and yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if if it is really bad you you wouldn't do it anyway because you know that that maternal instinct is so strong you know exactly you're not <laughs> no, gonna it's not that bad and drive down to the bottle shop and get a bottle of wine and <laughs> come back you know like not yeah. stuff like that Oh, dude. 
and you said as well about encouraging other mums to to be able to be honest and open and ask for help. I think that's something that we don't do enough of because I mean I know I do, and I'm not sure if this is because I'm an overthinker. I'm a cancer, so I tend to anticipate what other. My people... husband's a cancer. I oh. love cancerians. <laughs> I love uh, cancers. Yeah, we're good. We're good sometimes when we're not being moody. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, I'm I... a Scorpio. I'm apparently oh. moody all the time too. Yeah, right. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. everyone says that i have oh, nice qualities too you have nice qualities. <laughs> yeah, but I think, um, my downfall is i tend to um anticipate or make up a story in my mind of of what the other person's thinking so instead of just asking yeah, right. help, i'll go through this great big thing oh they should know i oh. need help or you know just oh yeah overthink it instead of just saying hey yeah um can you put the kids to bed tonight because i really need an early night you know, and yeah. my husband would go, yeah, no worries. And be like, yes, why did I turn that into such a great big debate? Yeah. You know, um, so we okay. had so many of those arguments, though. And my husband yeah. said to me, I'm not a mind reader. Can you please tell me, tell me this or tell me that? And I'd say, you should know. And he'd be like, no, no, but like, I don't. I'm sorry, but I don't. So can you just tell me next time? And I was like, oh, this is groundbreaking to me. Like, ask, I mean, sorry, to tell you exactly what. I'm thinking or I want and I was like oh I can do that okay yes like I just hadn't At a you know I'd just like, be sitting there like brooding like mm-hmm. oh like can't he I don't know whatever it was at the time everything's a big yeah. deal when you got a newborn and you're tired yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it's groundbreaking isn't it you can actually open your mouth and, and ask I know <laughs> that's how I feel well, like, I, I, oh, okay, wow. I'll try. I just I don't naturally do that I, you know no. I'm, I learn I'm learning to sort of do that more yeah yeah, I think that that's a that's a, a woman thing. I think. I, I mean, I'm not speaking. For I think so too. It's like you you feel like you should be able to do everything. You should, you know, you're the mum. You should have everything under control, and you should be able to do it. But and then to ask for help is some sort of sign of weakness. So you don't. You just suffer through and get all shitty and you know yeah. yell at everyone and just <laughs> keep doing it. Funny because my mum does the exact same thing with my dad and my mum will complain to me about this that or whatever every now and then um and I will sit there thinking like I actually say to her now I just go you just got to speak your mind more mum you've got to tell him if you don't want this or you don't want that or Mm. you know and she's just like oh yeah she does exactly what I do (laughs) yeah it's interesting maybe this this generation of ours because we've we've seen our mums perhaps be that final generation that doesn't speak their mind and doesn't speak up maybe I mean I'm generalizing again I know every relationship's different but you know the women that that maybe um you know got told that you're meant to be a good wife and you know you, you do the right things you look after the kids and look after your husband and then you, you keep everything happy and and on the level yeah so you don't ever question typical like anymore. 1950s housewife yeah. yeah yeah so maybe because we're starting to break the mould, that'll help, you know, the generations <laughs> coming after us. <laughs> well, we're seeing, like, we're seeing the aftermath of, okay, that this is what it looks like years on after you've done what our mothers have done and sort of just, mm. you know, make everything look nice and just make it comfortable for this, that and the other but not yourself. And, mm. yeah, maybe, yeah, I don't yeah. know instead of sacrificing yourself for everyone else's happiness you actually yeah are allowed to say hey 
come and do something. But we have social media too. So like everyone's oh, yeah. screaming about this on social media and I think other women are reading and watching on going, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like they didn't have social media back then and wouldn't have known what other women were thinking, whereas now we, we, we do. We're, everyone's so much more um, connected oh, yeah. through that. Absolutely. I mean, that can go both ways too, being a positive and, and a drawback, I think, too. And especially with this mum guilt, I think a lot of the, the judgment that we place on each other can manifest itself in that social media because you're sharing so much of your life and people are sitting yeah. there going, oh, oh, she's gone and done this again. Well, who's looking after the kids? You know, or someone might look at it and go, oh, good for her. She's gone and done this again. You know, it, yeah, because it, we're well, so funny you say that. Funny you say that because um, I was, where was I? I was somewhere a couple of weeks ago with family and some friends were there as well and we are all having drinks and they'd had, these particular friends had had a few more drinks than I'd had and so they, one of them made a comment like um, talking about how often I make reels on Instagram and I'm showing up on social media and like, so how do you, do you, you know, how do you get that, how do you get that done? I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, I thought you were my friend and really people are watching what I'm doing and, and sort of thinking you must not be a very good mother because you're just, you know, making reels all the time and you're always on social media. And I'm like, well, it's my job now. So yeah, I'm sure if you were getting paid to do reels and do, you know, show up every day on social media, I'm sure you'd, you'd do it too. But that's my job. Yeah. But <laughs> Just like your that. job is, you know, office admin or whatever it is you're doing or working in a cafe making coffee. Like this is yeah. my job. Yeah. And it, I, I think don't know. It shows that that judgment. People people make make assumptions about people without actually knowing, you know, everything. Yes. About them. But and particularly think, when you're a mum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. And yeah, you get a tiny glimpse into someone's life through social media. And then that can, you can, I don't know, build a whole, idea in your head about what this person's life is like without knowing anything totally. about them so yeah, yeah. That, that side of things I find interesting <laughs> yes word for it um, yeah. but certainly the positives you know sharing sharing things like this you know when you know the the topic about you know asking for help you know if enough people talk about it it builds on itself and you know people can share share that that's just an example I suppose you know a positive yeah. of, of this social network I suppose and there are like yeah. several mum mum sort of personalities on Instagram who do talk candidly about being a mum and and nothing you know it's not all rosy and mm. you know that makes it I like that it's more relatable it's not the fake like beautiful selfies with your child in a beautiful seed <gasps> outfit you know what I mean like oh yeah, yeah. I, I don't know I just surround my page with people that i want to follow I'm very big on there might be a feed that's really curated and beautiful mm. um but if they sort of aren't being real then I won't follow them and I try my best to be real on mine as well um yeah I think yeah. That being genuine um goes a long way I think um and you're actually building a connection then you're not just you know yes putting up a, a shiny pretty trying to model picture. or sell something yeah, yeah exactly yeah and I think yeah you know, in this day and age people people will buy or connect with people who they have some sort of relationship. They feel something about someone. Totally. Know? Whereas, yeah, yeah. you know, my dad 
would go to the person with the best price or, you know, that sort of thing. But I think now. Yeah, so would my dad, yeah. It's very, <laughs> yeah. It's very different. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah, that's really interesting. I want to link that into, I guess, your the work that you're doing. Um, so do you sort of, do you kind of vet the people you're going to work with to make sure they're, they're the right fit for you or they're, does that make sense? Yeah, After all look, I do. Talking about? Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah, 100%. I um, have had a couple of people um, who I feel just maybe when I was newer and my prices were quite reasonable, I feel like they were just trying to squeeze every, you know, worth, you know, every cent worth out of me and want a million things in return, demanding. Mm-hmm. And you can sort of, you can sort of see now, pick and choose who you want to work with on their vibe because we have like zoom meetings with businesses before we start working with them to ask what they want and so you can it's like a half an hour chat but you can sort of see what kind of person they are through that chat um and I also like to I don't like to work for like fast fashion brands I prefer to work for designers who have actually you know, Australian designers who have put their heart and soul into the designs and mm-hmm. like this one I'm wearing, you know, that's a local designer and she designs all of these herself in Australia and it's her brand. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do pick and choose things like um, sustainable and ethical fashion brands. Um, uh, Australian I prioritise as well just because mm-hmm. I want to support Aussies. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I do, I do I do pick and choose. And I, I also don't have heaps of time. I only can work part-time. So, naturally, I do pick and choose who I, who I take on. Yeah. Even sure. not being that big or that busy right now, I still have the opportunity to pick and choose, so I do. Mm. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, you're picking the people that align with your own beliefs. So, well, yeah. You know, not, to be, not to be a bitch about it. I just I do. I, yeah. I pick people who align with what I'm doing and yeah um, yeah I'm not going to go work for a fast fashion brand whose stuff comes from China and this has you know this is imported from them they're not a you know yeah yeah there's no heart and soul it's not yeah it's that (laughs) it's it's that connection thing again isn't it it's like yes yeah 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 absolutely so um sorry I'm just gonna I'm I'm skipping back again We're, we're, we're getting through it but we're doing it in really I don't mind what what um so where good. we go in. You just you do you, and I'll just answer whatever you want. It's all good, no pressure. Ah, oh, no, good. Well, I wanted to go back um to when we talked much earlier about the support that you had, and you mentioned that you had you don't you didn't have any friends who were at the same sort of time in their life having babies at the same time when you did, um and and you you used the words I had to find new friends. Um, yeah. How was that? Like, I mean, you, you you expressed that you had some postnatal depression and anxiety. Was that was that really a challenging? Sorry, I don't want to bring up things if you're not, you know, I don't want to make you sad, make you feel sad. No, like, I'm not going to really say anything to you that I don't already write about or say to other yeah. people. So, like, yeah. I don't care. Um, look, I did have friends who had babies, but they weren't close friends that I had like everyday contact with. I didn't feel like they were close friends that I could talk to them about how how I was feeling but Mm. also I didn't I didn't know anyone that had had twins and most most women and most of my friends were really excited had a joyful pregnancy positive positive 
you know, mm. and I just didn't really, I was careful with who I spoke to because I didn't feel like that for most of the pregnancy. Yeah. But yeah. what I did do was join a Facebook group for mums that, mums um, of multiples and parents of multiples. And so I got my feel from that, to be honest, rather than, you know, and, and two maybe real life best friends who's, who I've known forever and were there for me with whatever I was feeling. So I did have them, mm-hmm. my husband, my family, but yeah, I also used these online groups to sort of see how other mothers were feeling and they were all very honest. So I realized it was normal and okay to be mm-hmm. feeling anxious. Yeah, that's very important, isn't it? Because you'd be, you'd sort of be really questioning, you'd question yourself to start with, but then you'd be like, well, hang on a second, everyone else around me is all happy. Is this okay? You know, like we touched yeah. on earlier, like, yeah, no, that's really good. That's great. So another good social media positive, connecting, yeah. connecting people yeah. like that. It was very important to me at that time um, and I still check in on it every now and then, you yeah. know, like Googling how to, toddler, how to toilet train toddlers and it's like, oh, that group will know. They'll have some tips for me. Yeah. I just, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's it because it's not just that, you know, baby the baby part but then as they grow up it's like you're going to have these different questions other things yes do you put twins in the same class at school like you know little things like that when you go to a birthday party with your twins do you take two presents or one like silly little things but it's nice to have somewhere that that you can look Yeah, yeah absolutely that's so true yeah yeah Do you work with any like children's brands? Like, are you drawn to doing things with children because you know you've got your children? <laughs> yes. So, yeah. like, basically, I got the job that I got working for that magazine for the parenting mag. Um, the parenting magazine. I got that job because I was a mum, and I wouldn't have otherwise gone for it or probably even been considered. So that was the first thing that sort of changed. I wanted to find a way to keep writing and blogging because like, I'd write articles and blogs, right? Yeah. Um, and um, so that was a way for me to continue writing but still in this new part of my life. And now with content creation and working for brands and things, there has been several um, baby boutiques who have reached out and so I will incorporate the boys into photos and videos um I prefer to do toys so there's one brand Monty and me and they have like Montessori type mm-hmm. um what's it called interactive toys and educational toys yeah. and activities you can do so that's fun and I enjoy filming stuff like that because I get to play with the kids with the activities and the tripod's just holding my phone recording stuff and then I edit it later you know I like that yeah. rather than the fashion stuff that's meh I'm not sure. Like I love doing it. So it's so it's so cute, but it's harder. Um, I prefer yeah. to do the playing activity things with them, and then I'm sort of doing stuff with them as well. Yeah, that's it. It's it's a spontaneous it's spontaneous reaction too. Like they're going to be yeah. about the toy. <laughs> it's almost and like I and I have run. all those videos as as the boys grow up, and I have all those videos now. Like it's like memories that I'm recording as well to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not just about work and. I get paid for that and this and that, you know. I like having those memories that I'm sort of recording too. Yeah, that's that's such a good 
point, isn't it? Like, that's very clear. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just thought about it the other day when I was on my phone, just, you know, scrolling through stuff. And I was like, oh, I remember that collab and I remember this and that. And it's nice to have those in my phone, you know, that you otherwise probably wouldn't make the time to like do. Oh, yeah. That's, that's so true. I like parents and working mothers following me and I like connecting with them on Instagram as much as they don't have brands so maybe I can't create content for them Mm -hmm. I like having them in my feed and reading about their motherhood journey and I hope that they like reading about mine so I I do try to like 30% of the time talk about motherhood and kids stuff on my Instagram and then um you know, 50% I talk about work stuff and whatever else, but I like to sort of keep that open as a pillar or whatever you want to say for my social media stuff. Um, but yeah, while, while, you know, I actually predominantly work for, with fashion brands, with the content creation business that I have, mm-hmm. um, you know, handbags, clothes, even baby products, they'll send me stuff and I will photograph it and make reels whatever they ask of me so while that doesn't um necessarily matter to some mothers who are listening to this yeah I do like to talk very openly about um being a mom and uh working while being a mom and also I'm honest about um uh, trying to overcome you know postnatal depression and anxiety and have medication for it and Mm -hmm. I'm very pro like if you need to have medication and you feel the same that's okay you know things like that yeah because people a lot of people have said to me like weren't you nervous about um starting medication and not being able to come off it or some people actually said like I heard that antidepressants can make you like put on heaps of weight um so I don't want to and Mm. you know I just sort of I've had all those kind of conversations with people and what, what medication do you take? Because all the ones I took made me feel sick. And so I like to yeah. just sort of be encouraging with that stuff too, yeah, without absolutely. saying too much. Cause I know it's not spoken about a lot either. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, I've had quite bad postnatal depression and I take, I still take my antidepressants now and my youngest yeah. is six now, but honestly, uh, my dog. Well, we're in a pandemic at the moment too. Like I know, seriously, but that's the thing. Like, I think, people are scared of medication and I know it's not for everybody and yeah that's fine but I don't yeah I'm not scared of people knowing that I take medication because I think that helps to normalize the stigma around um yeah mental illness and and how to work through it's like a tool to help you get through yeah so but some people also describe how they feel to me I think because they know that I have experienced it maybe um and I can see from what they described to me that they it's quite alarming like they're quite anxious or they are feeling really low and it's like wouldn't you rather just feel better and if you have to have some medication temporarily why don't you just try it like Mm. yeah it's a it's a tough one it is yeah yeah because that's the thing you don't know in who in their life is maybe giving them their own opinion you know like people yeah maybe someone's going oh you don't need that yeah rah, rah. oh I had that you yeah know. I ended up just not saying anything to anyone and going to the doctor and getting it myself and taking it and seeing then I started to tell family afterwards after I was already on it so that they couldn't try and talk me out of it again yeah um 
but yeah I just think it's yeah important to talk about normalize like you said mm. not not be judgmental if other people want to have medication or need it yeah. and be encouraging about it's okay if you do need it you know things like that yeah absolutely I think we'd be in a lot better place as a, in a, as a society if we were just so much more open and accepting of other people's, you know, issues and problems and just being supportive of people. Because um, even, even my dad, like I, um, I work with a, there's a local group, they're called Lifeboat, and it's basically um, they gathered up a, a lot of sort of people in the community that people recognise, like not, fam- I want to say famous, but, you know, we're a small town. Most people know everyone. So they gathered up a heap of people and said, let's do some podcasts to talk about your experience with mental health. Um, oh. and, and my dad said, oh, are you sure you want people to know what happened to you? And I said, yes, that's mm. why I'm doing it, because I want people to know that average, ordinary, everyday people, everybody has issues, you know, and yeah. don't be scared to talk about it because there are people out there to help you and you'll get, you'll get the support you need. Um, you know, instead of just being scared of what people think of you. So, but see yeah. that I reckon that's the generational difference because my parents are very private like that too. And they, yeah. I don't know how they feel about what I say and things like that, but I think it's courageous to just be brave and just say how you're feeling. I mean, it doesn't help anyone just doing what maybe our parents think we should do, which is just, you know, suffer in silence, be quiet. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Another way we can sort of help the shift in the thinking, I think, moving forward. Good on you for sharing. Yeah. Oh, thank you. And you too. Yeah. Nah. Thank you. It is it is good. I mean, it's hard, but it's good. You know, after that after I did that podcast, I got so many messages from people just saying, Yeah, yeah thank you for sharing that. Um right? I this that's or what I makes that. it worth it. You know, and that, that was it. That's what I said to the, the host. I said, you know, if if one person gets something out of this, it's been worth yeah. it. You know, and he, yeah. had, he had people message him saying, um, you know, my wife had this, that this was like 60-year-olds, right? Saying my wife had this, but nobody knew what it was. We didn't know what to do with it, you know. Yeah. You know, this 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 whole shift that's happened in in caring for for mental unwellness you know it's just amazing so yeah I was really pleased that they asked me to do that because I really yeah. enjoyed doing it yeah yeah. But, um, yeah but that's the thing the more we can talk the better absolutely I agree yeah If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, please contact me at the link in the bio or send me an email at alisonnewman.net. Edge Dwellers Cafe is a fortnightly-ish, long-form interview-based podcast featuring conversations about politics, environment and mental health in a world on edge with Ben Habib. Ben is an international relations researcher, environmental educator, mental health advocate and longtime friend of mine who enjoys having a yarn over a hot coffee. The podcast tries to make sense of the different kinds of edges that define us, divide us and shape how we interact with each other in a world that's gone a little bonkers and what it means to be a little different. Check it out at podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts.